this is Sophie Dawson from sophiedawson.com and this is episode 64 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And on these podcasts, I pull a topic out of this little bag and basically have 15 minutes to talk about it. Not allowed to change the topic and not allowed to edit the podcast. But last week, I broke two of the rules because... Dennis had pulled out another topic talking about something on the website. So what I've done is I've, because I don't I don't want to do that at the minute. I've removed all of the topics, and there was about there's about seven of them talking about stuff on the website. So it's quite funny. There's there's about sixty odd topics in here, and like only seven of them are talking about the website, and yet Dennis kept pulling them out, <laughs> which is a bit weird. But you can find show notes and everything at sophiedawson.com and you can also find this podcast on video at youtube.com slash sophiedawson. Before we get into the main topic, there's I've got a little couple of little things here that I wanted to talk about. So the first thing is the Cats of June Art Challenge, which is a 30-day art challenge, everyday drawing cats, painting or drawing cats. So it's currently on day 20, and days 9 to 16, I spent it doing sketches. I was sketching other artists' cats, and I really enjoyed it, but I I realised something. And one of the things I love about art challenges is writing. So as I'm doing the challenge, I think more important than actually doing the drawing is writing about what you're doing, because you learn so much about like what you're struggling with and stuff like that but what I what I realized doing that sketching was that I don't sketch enough like when I first started drawing I was sketching all the time so I wrote about and I asked myself why have I stopped sketching so much and I'll put the blog post in the show notes but there's a couple of things but one of the main things was I've changed my sketchbooks so whereas I used to use these really like crappy sketchbooks because I was using crappy sketchbooks I could just play around in there because I I thought it doesn't matter like it didn't matter I could just do crappy sketches so I had crappy sketches in crappy sketchbooks but I think part of the fun of sketching is like producing crappy sketches because it's it takes away a lot of the the fear of like trying to do something really good or something so what happened was I the start of this year I, I bought some new sketchbooks which were like moleskin sketchbooks they're still quite cheap they're not like expensive but they were they're like a bit more higher quality and I'd suddenly realized that my sketchbook had turned from like a sketchbook of just playing around to it was almost like turned into a ske- a book of little finished drawings which I don't think that's what a sketchbook should be so it was really quite eye-opening writing about it this week. And what, I've, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just invest in... A, I'm going to get the crappiest sketchbooks I can find. And then I'm determined to start sketching every day again. Because I used to do it all the time. This, it's some, something else that's linked to it is not having enough inspiration, really. Because I realise if, if you're not doing things that's going to inspire you... You're not going to be inspired to sketch. Sketch. <laughs> so 
that's another thing I need to I need to just start filling my Jake Parker from SPS Learn he calls it your creative bank account he says you need to fill your creative bank account with fun things and inspiring things because that will find a way into your art but I was like thinking because at first I thought well does that mean I need to bring video games and like anime back into my life because that's what was that's what inspires me the most because I, I just love drawing characters like that but I thought no I don't have to you can find it other ways so for instance I could I could use my sketchbook to sketch my dreams that that would be quite amazing but the thing with that is I'm not I feel like I'm not good enough yet to to do that because I tried to sketch what I see in my head it never looks like it but then I was thinking this is why you get the crappy sketchbooks get the crappy sketchbooks it doesn't matter what it looks like so it's all kind of linked together and I think it all starts with getting crappy sketchbooks <laughs> so that was one thing that I learned something else is that this podcast is this is like a little celebration <laughs> this podcast was awarded it was for the top 15 transgender podcast it actually like won a little award and I got an email from Unnug I think that's how you say it Unnudge Unnudge it's quite a hard name but Unnudge emailed me from blog.feedspot.com again I'll put links in the show notes and the podcast is in the top 15 transgender podcasts you must subscribe and listen to in 2019 so what it says here is this is a list of the best transgender podcasts from thousands of transgender podcasts on the web and it tells you how they put together the results but I thought I'd go through some of the podcasts because it might be quite interesting but I linked all of this in the show notes but some of the podcasts are What the Trans which is a transgender news podcast what I love about this though is like the podcast got nominated even though it's kind of not a fully transgender podcast which that kind of makes me even more sort of like proud of it I suppose because like, I always thought you're going to have to focus on... Because when I first started this podcast, I was going to do two podcasts. A transgender one... <laughs> I better shut the window. Somebody's decided to cut the grass. So I was going to do two separate podcasts. And I decided, no, I'm going to bring it all together. So like that kind of makes it a little bit more special that I got that it got the award, really. But, so one of the podcasts is What the Trans, which is a transgender news podcast. Michelle and Ashley discuss discuss transgender news, events, pop culture, and what the trans is going on. That sounds quite good. I'm going to go through this list and listen to some of these. There's one here, Diary of a Trans Man. That sounds quite fun. This shows... This show tells the story of a young transgender man as he shares his story with the world. Insightful and thoughtful, the show speaks from the heart. There's another one. This will be a nice one, I think. It's called Journeys. A podcast where people are invited who are in and in and around the transgender community to talk about their experiences in order to bridge the gap and show who transgender people really are. That sounds nice. 
there's just so there's so many here trans in color there's one called the so free art podcast <laughs> funny yeah the really nice little podcasts trans positivity so you can find that at i'm gonna do it again because <laughs> i'm quite sort of excited by that it was really nice i just yeah it was really nice so that's that something else that is amazing it th- this is amazing but it scared the poop out of me it's i i have this <laughs> it, there's quite a lot to talk about here there's i got these magazines called character design quarterly magazines now i love these magazines to bits absolutely love them it's magazines full of other artists drawings sketches paintings of characters and they they talk about how they get inspired how they put together their characters and stuff absolutely love these magazines <clears throat> that grass is getting a bit mad out there grass cutter but i've been reviewing these like little books on my youtube and what happened was 3d total publishing who make the magazine actually emailed me asking if i wanted to like do product reviews which is amazing so that would mean they said that i could go on their website look through their books and they've got they've got hundreds of books and i've got probably about five or ten of them art of books how to draw books and every single and i'm not just saying this i really mean it every single book i've bought from them i've loved and i've said so many times how the way they like arrange their books it's really simple but nice it's like stuff doesn't feel they know how to sort of put their pages together so when when i got that email i was like i was i was both excited and scared at the same time and again i've when you start becoming more aware you start analyzing everything and i've realized that i've got like this fear of i think it's like a fear of success or something I'd like to talk about that a bit more, really, but again, it's one of those topics that I feel like I could go on forever talking about. But I'm really, I'm really quite, um, really scared. <laughs> I'm scared to say yes, even though I know I should. But then I start thinking, if I say yes, am I going to review these magazines and stuff? It's going to be really weird because you're going. Already it's a bit weird knowing that the people who make the the books that I'm talking about are actually watching. That's weird because you always you sort of think you're talking to yourself sometimes. Like you put these videos out, you don't realise that the people you're talking about might actually be watching it. So it's a bit weird, and all of a sudden you get a bit scared. You're like, oh my god, oh my god, these p- people are actually li- listening to what I'm saying. It's scary. It's scary, but it's nice. <laughs> really weird. It's very weird. So that's just something I've been thinking about recently, sort of wrestling with that, really. It's, like, it's a fear of failure. So one minute with the sketchbooks, I've got a fear of failure of doing crappy sketches. So I've got a fear of failure there, and then I've got a fear of success down the bottom. <laughs> really weird. It's really. Weird. I'd love to talk about fear of success, analyse it, try to work out where it's coming from. But there's one more thing on this list, which is split into two bits, and it's about lucid dreaming again. And 
oh, again, again, I could talk about this for ages, but false awakenings, which is where you're as, you're asleep, you're dreaming, you wake up, only to realise you're still asleep. I just, I can't believe I've been lucid dreaming for just about a year and a half, and yet those false awakenings are still, like, really, they mess with my head. They're really trippy, but they feel so real. And it, I woke up today from, I had a bunch of them, and I just started thinking, these these false awakenings are so real, how do I actually know that my memories are real? And I know that sounds a bit, I know that sounds a bit weird, but like, how do, how do we know that yesterday really happened? You don't, do you? Because like in a, because I I woke up thinking, how many false awakenings must be, must me must we be having, where we're not aware that we're actually still dreaming? In other words, we we think it's real. So then I I started thinking, well, if that, because these false awakenings, the dream until you become aware that you're dreaming, it's just like normal life. Like, it is, you're not even, do, you're doing your everyday life in your everyday setting. So if you never become aware in that, that you were dreaming, you might wake up and that might become a memory, which, because it's so real, you think it's a real memory, but it's actually a dream. So then I started thinking, well, how many of my memories might be dreams? <laughs> And that sounds that sounds weird, but that's what I started thinking. So I, I really I I love it though because well you just start thinking what if the only thing that exists is today. In other words, you're you're born in the morning, you die at night, and that's the only thing that exists. So yes, everything that happened before today is just a memory that's that's been put in there, but it didn't really happen. But you're convinced it did because it feels so real. And then you you would never know that tomorrow is not going to exist because when you go to sleep, you that's when you you would die, so you wouldn't wake up, so you would never know. It's, it's fast that fascinates me that, and I just I thought that was quite cool <laughs> thinking about that. It it messed with my head, but that's what those false awakenings do. They they just they they will they are the best thing. They will really make you question reality. I loved I loved them. But I also wanted to talk about this thing. I feel like I've found, I feel like I've created a stabilisation technique for lucid dreaming. So I would say for the first year of lucid dreaming, I would become lucid. And then it's almost like the the minute I became lucid, I would have about five to ten seconds. And then I would lose lucidity and wake up or fall into another dream. And I was trying so hard to find ways to stabilise it and Robert Wagner I think it's Robert Wagner he talks about how you can spin if you spin like the moment you become lucid if you spin you can stabilise the dream so a couple of times I have spun and I've been able to stabilise it but the problem is for some reason I was never able to make that a habit even though I was trying really quite hard so my, my lucid dreams were very often like these little five to ten second things. So what happened was, I about six months ago, inside of a lucid dream, this voice boomed out and it said, seek out Sula. So I woke up from that thinking, what is, like, who's Sula? I wrote it down. I then, I searched the internet and for 
probably a, a few weeks, I was trying to find Sula, like on the internet, trying to look for all the ancient things. Who is this Sula? I couldn't find anything. I then spoke to my Reiki healer, and I said, I've had this dream where it said about finding Sula, and she basically said, not everything that you get in the dream is, like, re- is, um, she said, some of the stuff you get in the dream is misinformation, so don't take all of it literally. So I basically stopped trying to find Lu- Sula after that, because I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe it means nothing, it's just, it's nothing. So I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about it, and then about a month ago, I suddenly thought, Sula. And then I thought to myself, why don't I try to find Sula inside of the dream? Because I was trying to find her out here. <laughs> so I, I suddenly thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into my... Next time I can become lucid, I'm going to look for Sula. I did that. I, I ended up going... Another voice boomed out and it said, find Steve Jobs. This is going to get really weird. It said, find Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs will take you to Sula. So I'm I'm thinking, why Steve Jobs? I almost woke up at that point, but I was determined to find Sula. I was really, really determined. So what, what happened was in the dream, I found myself floating over the Himalayas. 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 <laughs> and then when I woke, because this is weird, when I woke up, I realised, I researched it, because I thought, why the Himalayas? Himalayas. I can't say that. And it turns out that all the monks are in the Himalayas. Himalayas. I've never realised I can't say that word. So that so I'm now thinking, is Sula a monk or like a a nun? But anyway, so Steve Jobs was there. It sounds weird. I went over to Steve Jobs and I, and I was thinking, Steve Jobs is dead. Maybe Sula's dead. So I said, Steve Jobs, can you take me to Sula? <laughs> you got to remember, I'm lucid at this point. And he said to me, I want you to write a poem called Unbroken Promises and that poem will take you to Sula. So in the dream I'm thinking right I'm gonna quickly make up a poem. I started thinking in my head of like a poem and Steve Jobs said no not here out there. He basically was saying you've got to go back out write the poem and bring it back in. So I went I woke myself up at that point because I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere else. I wrote a poem. I've memorized that poem and now every time I go into a lucid dream, the first, the minute I become lucid, I repeat that poem. And it's, it's crazy. I can, it's weird. It's like, it, it's almost like, it's like a connection between my waking self and my dream self. It's like, it's almost like when I read that poem, it's as if the two parts of me get connected. And somehow the lucid dream just stabilizes a lot more. So I've been... I've been able to now stay in my lucid dreams a lot more because of this. But I haven't gone after Sula. I've started going after something else. It's because you, what happens with the dreams is something will happen and you'll think, I need more information about that. And then you start, you've got so many, there's so many things I want to do in these lucid dreams and you can't do everything. So you have to sort of prioritise what, yeah, there's so much you could do. But but I just realised today that I thought to myself, hang on a minute, this poem is like stabilizing my lucid dreams so i i feel like it might be a little technique memorize a little simple sentence my poem that i've created is in the water so blue i will heal my wounds my promise to you is i will heal you too (laughs) last night 
I had this this dream where I became lucid. I became lucid because somebody said, called me Kevin. And I thought, I'm not called Kevin, I'm called Sophie. I must be dreaming. And I said, next time somebody calls me Kevin, I'm going to wait, I'm going to become lucid. So I didn't even become lucid at that point. I then got into the car with my sister and she said, all right, Kevin. I said, I'm not Kevin, I'm Sophie. I must be dreaming. And then I started singing. No, I didn't. My sister then drove into this tree and I was saying, it doesn't matter, we're, we're dreaming, we're dreaming. We drove straight through the dream. No, we didn't. We drove straight for, through the tree. It was like a video game when they disabled the collision detection. We were just going through everything. And it's almost like my sister freaked out, started spinning the car around. And then I started I started singing, we're spinning around because this is a dream, which I thought was really funny. And then I went after my goal and I zoomed out the top of the car. But I I couldn't, my goal is at the moment, I want to hit, I want to experience my feeling tone. Because Robert Wagner says you can experience your feeling tone, which is like, well, I think what it is, is your, because everything is energy. I think we are like a feeling tone. So I, I, I'm trying to experience that, but I, I've not been able to do it yet. I've, I can feel it getting close, but for some reason I I just can't get there. But I don't know, I just, I am loving lucid dreaming. It's, it's just beautiful. I just find it amazing, really. And I, I wanted to talk about that because I think that little stabilisation technique, I, I think it might be, I think it might be an actual technique that would work for everyone. So I wanted to share that, but I think it's time to get into this week's topic. That was like 20 minutes of talking. <laughs> Mental. So little Dennis is going into the bag and he's going to pull out a topic, which I will have 15 minutes to talk about. And this week's topic is, well, he's pulled out three there. So I've put the one that he's pinching is this one. This week's topic from little Dennis is, drum roll, dun dun dun, it is, talk about psychedelics. <laughs> Weird. 15 minutes, starting now. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis got in the way of the bowl. Whoa. Talk about psychedelics. Talk about psychedelics. Well, firstly, I have never done, I've never done any drugs. I, I've smoked one cigarette in my whole life when I was 13. And apart from that, I've not done anything. When I was, when I went to uni, I went to university in 1999. And I remember sitting in the car with my dad, because he, he drove all the way to the top of England at Sunderland so it's quite a long way I was going to be on my own for three years he said he he wanted me to promise that I wouldn't do drugs and I promised him I wouldn't do drugs never did drugs so I, I was true to my promise which I'm quite proud of that we even like me and my housemates at uni we even went over to Amsterdam everybody else did drugs like smoking spliffs <laughs> sounds funny and I, I really wanted to. Or did I? No, I don't think I did. I did and I didn't. Yeah, I did and I didn't. But I, I, I didn't because I promised my dad. I always said, 
in my head I was saying, I promised my dad I won't do drugs, I'm not going to do drugs, and I never did drugs. I even, in the first year, was living in a, a house share with druggies all over the place, and I never did drugs. But, <laughs> but, so, this is weird, because I've always thought drugs are bad, drugs are bad. I think that's a lie. It all goes back to lucid dreaming again. Lucid dreaming, you have a lucid dream, you wake up, you realise, once you have a lucid dream, I think everything changes, reality changes, because you, you realise that reality isn't what you think it is. And then that just, it's like, it's like a rabbit hole opens up. It reminds me so much of The Matrix when he says, you can take the red pill or the blue pill. Once you take this pill, you you're basically, you're never going to be able to go back. And that's that's what happens, I think. Once, and it doesn't have to be lucid dreaming, it could be anything. It could be psychedelics. You, you take a psychedelic, it opens you up, and like ne- you're never going to be able to go back to reality the way it was, because you see through the lies. But the thing is, you start questioning everything, because, like I said, it's like a rabbit hole opens up, and all these things pop out, and you realise ancient civilizations. you realise that, the past, the history that we were being taught, it's a lie. There's so much evidence that it's a lie. Now, the question is, does somebody know, does somebody know the truth and they're hiding it? Or does everybody just, like, ignorantly believe the truth? Does does somebody actually know what's really going on and is keeping us in, in a, like, a lie? So... You start reala- you start realizing that ancient civilizations totally different to what we think it is, and it goes back like potentially millions of years. People on the earth, it's it's it gets mad. But what you also realize is that they were basically they basically were doing l- lucid dreaming, like the Egyptians, all of it. They would they were in the lucid dreaming realm because they knew the importance of it. But they were also doing psychedelics. So you start question, you start thinking to yourself, because at first you're like, you, d- you don't m- pay much attention. You then go somewhere else and you start realising AI is, is the same sort of thing. And then you start realising that, God, it goes really, it, it gets really complicated. Everything, basically, everything starts linking together. Even AI starts linking in with mushrooms. <laughs> it sounds weird, but like, the microchip came to Earth, and you start wondering: Was that put here on on purpose to seed the planet with technology? Because it could be that you've got technology, basically, like versus the mushroom. <laughs> it's it's crazy, but you, you do start to realise that everything is linked together. So you start thinking to yourself: Well, hang on a minute, what is going? On? What is going on with these psychedelics? You start researching it and you realise the ancients were using psychedelics because effectively it's it's almost like a a quick way to get into that same place as the lucid dreaming, but it's quite a complicated thing because with lucid dreaming what I've noticed is it's 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 like a it's like a fear it's it's almost like a fear playground. <laughs> Lucid dreaming is all about facing fears. 
and it, it does feel like the dream itself is alive and it feeds you these little fears and it's almost like it's observing you it'll give you a choice in a dream which is based around fear and it's it's like are you gonna as robert wagner says go towards the energy are you going to go towards the energy of that fear face your fear at which point the next time you'll get a slightly bigger fear and it just keeps going until you're facing these massive fears which at one point would be impossible but then when you wake up you're now more fearless because of what you've been doing in the dream so it's it's linked so i what i think is the ancients realized how important it is to be there but like i said because it's so you can study so much on lucid dreaming it's still really hard to not only get into a lucid dream but to stabilize it so these psychedelics is like a way of getting there and staying there for an extended period of time but the thing is if you get there too quickly if you get there when you don't really know what you're doing fear you could end up going straight to like the big fear which i think is when people have bad trips and stuff it's basically they've gone straight to like a fear a big fear lucid dream it it doesn't really do that it it gives you quite big fears but it's it's testing you and if if it realizes you're not quite ready for this fear based off your your decision to say yes or no to it it would it will come back again it's it's almost like the dream is looking after you it's looking after you but it's still pushing you towards these fears psychedelics isn't i would i would imagine psychedelics is more like well you signed up you just signed up for this <laughs> get in there and face face your fear <laughs> but the thing with that is i think about it because i've never done psychedelics but i'm i feel like i'm getting called towards them but i just start thinking to myself it's like in in a lucid dream if you're with a fear that you you can't handle you or you feel like you can't handle, you can wake yourself up. In, in a psychedelic, you couldn't. See, that's what I'm saying. You would be... Face, imagine if you're face-to-face with a fear that you feel like you can't handle, but you can't wake yourself up. That would be... That'd be pretty mad. But I've, basically, I've been looking into these psychedelics, and what I've realised is that I think we're being lied to. It's... What if it's a really clever it's a really clever thing that they've done i say they (laughs) like this is i'm trying to work out whether there is some sort of government system something that is trying to control us it looks like it is and one of the things they've done is they they realized that these psychedelics were going to help basically wake everybody up if everybody is if everybody becomes fearless because at the moment I feel like we're all living in fear because of the way society is set up it seems to be set up around fear and psychedelics lucid dreaming seems like a way of breaking the fear and once you break the fear you kind of break reality they they whatever that is loses its control and basically then the people yeah once we all wake up their control goes yeah to me it's fascinating absolutely fascinating but there's this thing called ayahuasca which is like pretty much i feel like what the research i've done it feels like ayahuasca is like the big one 
that's like the one where you you break reality and then <laughs> you break reality and then wow this is amazing it's so it is it's the same it's it's the same as a lucid dream in a lucid dream you can talk to the dream and it responds in ayahuasca you do the same thing you you talk to it and it responds so there's an intelligence there now is it the same thing i think it is like out of body and everything it's it's the it's what they call the astral it's fascinating me i just i i feel like psychedelics is all about fear we've been led to believe they're bad when they're really good but then even when you come to the point of doing them you are going to have to face your fears you i'm going to put some links in show notes about people talking about ayahuasca because there's a thing called mother ayahuasca which is the actual plant comes alive (laughs) it's 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 amazing it's amazing but like because i've been thinking that must be that must be reality that must be reality so that's mental like what we've got around us isn't real it is and isn't it's like a layer on top of the real thing fascinating something that's funny though is as i've started thinking about these psychedelics this is weird suddenly people have started coming into my life talking about psychedelics and this is what I'm saying. This I feel like I'm getting called to it. I even once, and this is this is really cool. I went into a lucid dream, and I said one of my one of my things was I said I said to the dream, I want to experience a psychedelic experience. I said I want to experience ayahuasca, and I went out. I went out the window, out the back, down this little back lane. Suddenly, I said. I said I want to experience ayahuasca. I zoomed out. I was looking at like a little... It was like a little petri dish. And there was this little... Like a little cell going through a tube. It's kind of a weird. But I just felt like that was me. It was like a... It was as if I'd zoomed right out looking at the cells. Hell of a weird. And then I had another one where I woke... I went all... <laughs> like sort of trippy and the dream characters started laughing at me as if they was aware it's it's crazy you can do some really crazy things but i i need to i need to it's weird how everything starts coming back to it no matter what you're looking into it seems to come back to it and it to me it feels what it feels like to me is this is what it feels like to me. You've got technology is about to become alive with AI. I feel like the mushrooms are realizing. I feel like this is. I know it sounds weird. I feel like it's some sort of conflict between mushrooms and technology, and I think the mushrooms are realizing this technology is going to take over in a minute. So. I feel like the mushrooms is is actually what's waking everyone up. I feel I feel like the mushrooms might even be 
Because if, if you think about it, we must have come from the plants. So there must be some sort of mushroomness inside of us. So maybe that's like maybe the dreams are the mushrooms. <laughs> maybe the dreams is somehow like it's the because basically what it is is the the psychedelics have DMT. It's the DMT is the that's the thing that creates the psychedelic experience and dreaming it's all about the third eye which the penal gland which that is where the dmt is it's, it's almost like the evidence it's the evidence is there that somehow the dream realm is linked with the mushrooms so i'm, I'm wondering whether that <laughs> sounds weird doesn't it it does you, you sometimes think you're going crazy i'm not i really am not i am I'm just questioning everything because I think when you question everything you get to the truth and for some reason feeling I've, I've got this feeling that psychedelics is the truth and that's why they're being kept from us because whatever that thing is con that's controlling society it, it knows that if everybody gets in, into the psychedelic thing they're going to lose their control that's basically it. A very random topic, but five seconds. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that, though. Bing! 15 minutes talking about psychedelics. Psychedelics! <laughs> but, like, what annoys me the most about it is I'm not even allowed to experience it because they've made it illegal. That just... So they made it legal for so many years. I thought they were bad. I thought they were bad because I just believed what I was told. And it, it's only once I started looking into it, I realised that, that I was being lied to. So, and it goes back to the main thing about this whole thing, which is it's all about your experience. You have to experience yourself. So therefore, drugs might be bad, but you have to... I think you have to experience it and make your own mind up. But the the thing that upsets me is we're not allowed to make our mind up because we're not allowed to experience it. So that goes back to that control thing. So I'm I'm determined now to one way. Basically, I'm not, I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to do it unless I'm a hundred percent. But it, I think it will just happen naturally somehow because that's what keeps happening. You, you think to yourself, I want to do something, and then the universe has a funny way of bringing it into your life with, without you even trying. So, yeah, but all, I think the message of this one is just do your own research. Don't believe anything until you've done your own research, and then ultimately you've got to experience whatever it is for yourself. Like, make your own mind up. So basically that's this week's little podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And that's basically it. So <laughs> that's it. I see you next time for another one. We've got the inspirational quote. You can also find show notes at sophielawson.com and videos at youtube.com slash sophielawson. Recently did I've been doing videos of the Cats of June blog post or like the, the drawings where I, I go through my little sketches and talk about what I've learnt and I've also been 
I did review these two books from Loish, the artist Loish, which funnily enough, those books are also by 3D Total Publishing. And they were beautiful books as well. Really beautiful. I actually sketched some of her cats for the Cats of June challenge. So keep I keep reviewing stuff on there because I quite enjoy it. It gives me an excuse to go through my books as well. <laughs> so that's that. But this week's little inspirational quote is going to come from this book, which is called The Little Book of Mindfulness which I found on my shelf. I sort of forgot I had it. But what I do is I've got the singing bowl. I basically put a load of books under it so it fits on the camera. And one of the books was this, and I thought, why don't I pick a quote from it? So I've randomly pulled to a page, and I'm going to read the quote. And the quote is by William James. Quite a big quote. It says... The faculty of voluntarily... (laughs) I can't read that. The the faculty of voluntarily bringing back a wandering attention over and over again is the very root of judgment, character and will. An education which should improve this faculty would be the education par excellence. But it is easier to define this ideal than to give practical instructions for bringing it about. I don't understand that. I actually don't understand that. The faculty of voluntarily, the faculty of voluntarily bringing back a wandering attention over and over again, is the very root of judgment, character, and will. An education which should improve this faculty would be the education par excellence. But it is easier to define this ideal than to give practical instructions for bringing it about. I don't get that. I have a feeling it's kind of saying instead of trying to educate yourself experience it I think I I don't know but anyway that's this week's inspirational quote by William James don't know what what to make of that but it's a quote see see you next time for another one